We also need to have laws against advocating violence. Anti-Semitism isn't just a Jewish issue. It isn't a left or right issue. It is a societal issue. My government pledges to embrace the definition of anti-Semitism adopted by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. An opportunity uh, to engage with the Jewish community. Social media has become the most toxic amplifier. The Australian Jewish community and its representative bodies stand with Israel. A recent report from the Executive Council of Australian Jury. Executive Council of Australian Jury. The Executive Council of Australian Jury. Executive Council of Australian Jury. Welcome to the Jewish World Podcast, where we review current affairs and major events affecting world Jewry by speaking with leading advocates for Israel and the Jewish people. My name is Alyssa, and I'm part of the Executive Council of Australian Jury team, and I'm your host today. Anti-Semitism on university campuses is a concern to Jewish communities across the globe. Jewish students are placed on the front line and their very identity is put on trial. Here in Australia, over the past year, we have dealt with a rise in anti-Semitic rhetoric on our campuses. Unfortunately, for some Jewish students, this has resulted in them feeling unsafe to attend class and opt to attend online instead. At the University of Adelaide, Jewish students were laughed at and ridiculed in a student representative council meeting and at the University of Sydney, a note which read Free Palestine with two Nazi swastikas was dropped in the tote bag of a Jewish student. Today, it is my great pleasure to chat about all of this with my friend Julia Jassy. Julia is the co-founder and CEO of Jewish on Campus, a North American-based non-for-profit organization which seeks to revive pride in Judaism by emboldening a new generation of Jews through education, social media campaigning, and grassroots organizing. As a movement of young Jewish people, they seek to end anti-Semitism on college campuses and beyond. Julia's work has been featured in media outlets such as CNN and Forbes magazine. In 2021, she was awarded as one of the top 100 people positively influencing Jewish life. So thank you, Julia, for joining me here today. And I'll hand over to you to explain a little bit more about Jewish on Campus and the important work you do. Thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. It's really an honor to be here and to be speaking with you guys today. Um, like Alyssa said, my name is Julia Jassy. Um, I am from New York originally. I go to school at the University of Chicago. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Jewish on Campus. Jewish on Campus is an organization that is run by Jewish students for Jewish students um, working to combat anti-Semitism on campus in a grassroots way. Um, we have a really big presence here in North America and are excited to work with amazing people like Alyssa internationally um, and excited to tell you guys a bit about it. So we were founded in the summer of 2018. 20, um, originally as a social media platform. And that came from a time where we were all in lockdown. We were all very separated from our community with COVID um, and looking for a way to connect. Um, and while this was happening, campus antisemitism was starting to grow and we were all experiencing it all from different campuses all over the country, same experiences of antisemitism really affecting our college, our time in college. Um, and for me, the story of, of how I first kind of was exposed to anti-Semitism happened in a way that I didn't know to identify at the beginning. Um, I was at a, a French club my freshman year of college. And for reference, I don't speak French. I just thought a French club would be a fun thing to do. They had free food, so I was in. Um, and I heard the word Nazi, and I kind of stopped in my tracks, and I said, Guys, I don't speak French, but why are you talking about Nazis? I, I had family that died in the Holocaust. I want to know why we're talking about Nazis. 
Um, and a, a student who was on exchange from Germany responded and said, we talk about Nazis in Germany. In Germany, we don't say that your family died in the Holocaust. We said that your family took an extended vacation to Germany and never came back. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was my thought too. Everyone in the room was laughing. No one knew how to respond. Everyone kind of was giggling uncomfortably. And I kind of stood there and I didn't know what to do. I kind of started just laughing along with them because I didn't feel safe in that environment. I didn't feel like I could say anything in that environment. I was the only Jewish person. This this had been said and I didn't know how to respond. And I remember calling my mom afterwards and saying like, hey mom, was that anti-Semitism? And she freaked out immediately. Go to your school, report it. That was terrible. I didn't feel like I could. I didn't feel like my experience was something worth reporting. I didn't feel like it was enough to share. And that was for me, the inspiration behind Jewish on Campus. Um, and six of us began what started as an Instagram page because we experience things all the time like that. We experience things that happen to us where we don't know what to say. We don't feel safe calling it out. We don't feel justified reporting it because we don't feel like it's enough. But it is. And it's important to talk about those experiences because we all have them and we diminish them to ourselves because we don't feel empowered to accept that that was anti-Semitism. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to speak about it. We began by sharing stories. Students would submit stories of anti-Semitic incidents that they experienced to us. We were willing to protect their anonymity, but share those stories for two reasons. Number one, obviously to try to promote action with the university um, and our work has led to, to lots of action. Professor, mm -hmm. There was a professor at a, a certain university who had been extremely anti-Semitic on campus and an investigation was raised and he actually decided to go on leave because he did not want to deal with the investigation. So this this is a very oh, common wow. experience that happens a lot of the work that we do. The, the other purpose behind it is to empower students to understand if you experience something like this, you are allowed to talk about it. And in doing that, so many students have reached out and shared their stories. We've received over 2,000 submissions in the past two and a half years. Um, because when you see other students owning their experiences, speaking about their experiences, you feel like you have the, the right and the ability to comment on them yourself. Yeah, um, and I think what yeah. you just touched on there is definitely something we've seen in Australia. We've seen a lot of Jewish students who experience these microaggressions and they don't do anything about it. They don't report it straight away. And it comes up months later in conversation being like, oh, I had this really awkward, uncomfortable thing happen to me, but it's not that bad. Like I'm used to it. It was a joke. And yeah. I think the work you're doing in kind of highlighting those experiences and telling people that we, we hear you, we see you, this is a real issue. And we're not going to let it be denied or dismissed anymore is really important. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we, we, we agree. I think that's, it's important because what starts as small jokes on campus doesn't end as small jokes on campus. It begins in small ways. Anti-Semitism is not something that happens overnight. An anti-Semite doesn't just begin as an anti-Semite, but it's those jokes, those microaggressions and those being accepted, which empower people to then grow and grow in this ideology this conspiracy about Jews, the idea that your family didn't actually die in the Holocaust seems like a joke or not a funny one, but a joke in the moment. But what that's really hinting to is the idea of Holocaust distortion, the idea of Holocaust denial. And if we accept it in those small moments, what it grows into is this larger idea that's growing all over. In the United States, many, many Americans don't know the Holocaust happened. 
think that the number 6 million is not true and think that Jews created the Holocaust. So it's those small jokes and those small moments that lead to those bigger trends. And understanding that connection is really important in stopping anti-Semitism. And I think it also, like, as you touched on, it justifies those smaller jokes. If you don't call them out, it justifies the much more serious, if you want to say, or scarier actions that some people may be thinking of already. And as you mentioned, there's a recent statistic showed that one in four Australians, um, and that number's closer to one in three millennials, when you're speaking about millennials, don't know what the Holocaust is, um, which is a crazy statistic for us to kind of grapple with as people who grew up with the Holocaust and around Holocaust education. But following off what you said, I was wondering if you could give us a bit of an update as to what campus anti-Semitism is like in the United States at the moment. In Australia, we've seen um, a rise in kind of actions coming from student governments, but also those sort of microaggressions that you were talking about, specifically in those progressive spaces on campuses. So I was wondering if you could touch on what's the United States like right now for a Jewish student? Absolutely. The United States in general right now is absolutely polarized. And I think that we see that obviously politically all over the news, we see that reflected in anti-Semitism and its manifestations as well. Um, there is a large presence in parts of the United States of neo-Nazi ideology. Um, and that leads to a lot of right-wing anti-Semitism happening um, to Jews and on campus as well. We see swastikas drawn on campus quite frequently, um, posters on campus blaming Jews for controlling the media or starting the COVID-19 outbreak. That happens quite frequently, and universities are generally pretty good at condemning that um, because we are really well-trained, unfortunately, to understand the danger that comes with that sort of rhetoric. Where we see universities failing to take action or perpetuating anti-Semitism even um, is in, like you said, the anti-Semitism that comes from progressive spaces because that's newer um, and it's, it's really harder to identify. It doesn't have that same history. It's, it's uh, We also we can look toward places where it does have history, the USSR, for example, and the anti-Zionism that came from there, um, leading to violence and eventual Jews just don't really live there anymore. Um, but in the United States, we see that happening quite frequently um, and in ways that have grown in frequency over the past few years. Um, there, there are a few stories that stand out particularly. Mm -hmm. um, there were students at a university in New York called State University of New York, New Paltz, SUNY New Paltz. There's a student-run organization that was created specifically for the survivors of sexual assault and sexual violence, meant to be a place where people who experienced this unspeakable action can find community find support, find hope. Um, and these students, one of whom helped to find the, found the club, um, were told they couldn't be a part of it anymore because of their Zionism. Um, these are students who experienced sexual assault, survived sexual assault, and wanted to do work and advocacy to have a community um, after being made a victim. And they were made victims again for a second time because of their Judaism. Um, similar thing happened at the University of Vermont. Also at the University of Vermont, um, there was a teacher's assistant who said that students should have their grades lower if they were a Zionist. Um, they should lose points for attending Hillel events. Hillel is a huge hub for Jewish life on US campuses. Um, then we see things like UC Berkeley, where these students, law students, are not allowing speakers to come to campus if they're a Zionist. Even the president of the university says, mm -hmm. by this metric, I couldn't be a speaker at my own university. Um, and these used to be instances that would pop up quite unfrequently, but they've, they've grown and they've grown and they've grown. BDS resolutions are being raised on campuses so frequently, it's almost impossible to keep track. 
Um, and it puts Jewish students in a really hard position. In the United States, the overwhelming majority of, of younger Jewish people tend to align in some way with progressive politics. I myself align with progressive politics. Um, and it's really hard when you're told you cannot be a part of these issues that you care about. Sexual assault being something that is such a prevalent issue on U.S. campuses, a huge problem that so many American students have to deal with. Um, being actively excluded from advocacy work in response to that. Um, and then in universities like Berkeley, this this isn't just random clubs that, that are excluding um, Zionists. This is like women of UC Berkeley, the, the biggest clubs that are encompassing the broadest identities that are excluding Jewish students. So it's it's quite difficult to contend with. There's very similar situations in Australia. Um, a couple of years ago at one of our universities, a Jewish student was told that she couldn't join the queer collective, a space which is meant to be a safe space for her to meet other members of the LGBTQI plus community, to feel safe, to feel welcome and heard on campus because of her Zionism. And she felt really uncomfortable saying she was Israeli and Jewish in those spaces, even though she lives at that intersection of being Jewish and Zionist and proudly so, and a member of the queer community. And I think yeah. you touched on this a bit, but it kind of puts, it makes Jewish students feel like they're a bit politically homeless. Um, yes. On one hand, on one side of it, we have this kind of far right extremist anti-Semitism. And then the other side of it, we have this progressive kind of insidious anti-Semitism, which is often a lot harder for people who may not be engaged with the Jewish community or may not be educated about the history of the Jewish community to call out. And for a lot of Jewish students, I guess that comes, that fi finds them coming together. And I think you're seeing that with JOC and the support you guys have gotten. Just to move on a little bit from all of this, what do you think community organizations and Jewish community organizations can be doing to supporting Jewish students in this space? As you mentioned before, J Jewish on Campus is a organization that's run by Jewish youth for Jewish youth, but there's so much support and resources in the Jewish community and those community organizations that can be given to really support Jewish students in the work you guys are doing. So what do you think we should be doing in that space? Absolutely. I mean, I think that for, for Jewish on Campus, we are really inspired by the work that Aljus does. Um, you guys have built a, a long established body in your community that is amplifying the voices of Jewish students. That doesn't exist in the US the same way. We have so many organizations for Jewish students, but nothing by Jewish students, nothing by Jewish youth that's really working to give students the resources that they're asking for. So I think putting this emphasis on working with Jewish, young Jewish people it is so, 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 so important. Um, and something that the U.S. needs to do better of, although they are beginning to really turn that turn that corner, and it's very exciting to see. Um, I think heading into campus, a lot of students feel, rightly so, quite a bit of fear. And I think we need to focus on ways of having strong education, not just in our Jewish schools, but in our public schools as well. I went to public school. I didn't go to Jewish day school. Um, the most education that I got on Judaism or anti-Semitism was a... Um, a PowerPoint presentation over two days of my eighth grade year. Um, they showed some really disturbing images of the Holocaust. And that was about it. There was no, we learned about the Spanish Inquisition. They didn't even mention the fact that it happened to Sephardim. I'm Sephardi. So I learned that when I got older and I left my public school. Um, that wasn't even a mention of Jews there. Um for, for a lot of students, and I grew up in an area with a huge Jewish presence. What about students who are growing up in most of the country where there aren't a lot of Jews? There definitely aren't any Jewish teachers. 
Um, how is that education being implemented in the proper way? We need to educate in two respects. Educate non-Jews on the history of anti-Semitism and what that looks like beyond just the impact of it, but what created what created that situation and where there could be. Also, that's so relevant to everyone, like to understand how yeah. hate manifests and how when you look at anti-Semitism from a kind of historical perspective, it's manifests in so many different ways throughout time, from religious to a racial to a nationalist hatred. And I think that's yeah. an important lesson, not just in the context of the Jewish community, but for everyone to understand when talking about hate. I think that's a really, really important point. I, I and this is true in the U.S., true all over the world. Anti-Semitism. What begins what begins with Jews never ends with Jews, and especially in the form of anti-Semitism that manifests white supremacy, it's so tied in with racism and other forms of prejudice and hatred that it's not being solved. It's not going to be solved in a vacuum, mm -hmm. and it takes that sort of community organizing and coming together to acknowledge that mutual experience in order to have any sort of a sizable change yeah for sure and I think with the the point you mentioned about your own education experience in Australia um in the New South Wales and Victoria so two of the states here which have the largest Jewish community we have um compulsory holocaust education mm -hmm. but it's also holocaust education is so important don't get me wrong but it's mm -hmm. how can we make it personal how can we make it so the kids in the classroom can really feel that they that this is something that they want to learn more about and that this is something that's still an ongoing problem today and another point which you mentioned which I'd like love to hear your thoughts on is the point of education and the role non-Jews can play in combating anti-semitism we've recently seen with Kanye or Ye's um comments on social media that there was a Instagram tile going around saying that with a whole bunch of celebrities saying that they support and stand with their Jewish friends and while that's such an important way to start the conversation and to raise awareness that anti-semitism is an issue now it didn't start and end with the holocaust what else do you think non-Jewish students can really be doing on campus to show that they're they're not just ticking a box by saying I condemn anti-semitism they're actively engaging with the Jewish community yeah absolutely it's great to see when celebrities support the community, but I haven't seen anything since then from any celebrity who isn't Jewish. Um, and, and I've seen Jewish celebrities finally beginning to acknowledge the problem and it's taken a while and it's, it's encouraging to see. But there have been advocates and, and leaders in the Jewish community who have been talking about this for years. And I mean, like Alyssa, you, you're one of them. Um, we've, been, we've been having this conversation for years and it's really important for those voices to continue to be amplified. There are so many resources, so many organizations that that speak for the Jewish community, and that can be really hard to figure out where to turn. But but answering these questions in an authentically Jewish way is really important. Anti-Semitism is a really hard thing to combat because Judaism is a really hard thing to define. And how do you define hatred of Judaism if you don't understand Judaism? So we need to be turning to the Jewish community, not random infographics, but the Jewish community to understand what's going on. Judaism isn't just a religion. It's a culture. It's a peoplehood. It's a heritage. It's a history. It's a religion. For some people, it's a nationality. It's, it's tied in with so many parts of our identity. Um, and therefore, anti-Semitism attacks so many different parts of our identity. Um, and it's really important to be turning to Jews, hearing our stories, listening, and then sharing those. What, what is anti-Semitism? When you see um, a, a post on social media, there was a really viral post on social media a little over a year ago that said that um, Jews want Israel because the Rothschilds want the oil that can be found in Israel. 
there's a lot wrong with that <laughs> with that post it got I believe over a million likes first of all there is very little oil very little oil in Israel they, they picked the worst place of oil with the with the the goal and it wasn't found until I just over a decade ago very very recently the Rothschilds first and foremost or second and second most to, to scapegoat the Rothschilds is, is a classic dog whistle. The association with Jews and money, Jews and power. But that post got, I believe, over a million likes because people thought it was advocacy, thought it was activism. So until we're educated and we understand how anti-Semitism can always, throughout all of our history, can morph and code itself to match the social zeitgeist at the time, until we're, we're primed to understand that, we're not going to see it, we're not going to condemn it. So non-Jews need to be listening to Jews to understand that history in order to make an active change today. It's such an important point as well, because for Jews, when we see someone say, who makes a comment being like talking about the Zionist world order or Zionist global domination, we see that as we see that in the context of our history. We see what's happened in the past where there's been conspiracies about Jews and global domination that's led to the mass expulsion of Jews and unfortunately the mass murder of Jews throughout our history. So we can identify that really clearly. But time and time again, unfortunately, we are kind of faced with a brick wall when we're trying to call this out. And particularly by um, university administrations and some university staff who are very worried when it comes from those progressive spaces about free speech and academic free speech. I was just wondering, based on your experience, particularly on the in, the kind of events that have happened at Berkeley and some of the other universities this year that you've been involved with, how do you see that sort of argument playing out in the United States? Yeah, the free speech argument is really interesting. Americans are really, really, really passionate about free speech. It's a huge part of our history. Um, I go to a university where free speech is really emphasized by our administration as like the utmost value. Um, and it's tricky. Because free speech and hate speech aren't the same thing. But how do you draw that line between free speech and hate speech, especially when hate speech can incite violence? Um, it's it's really tricky. And IRA, the definition of anti-Semitism, has become this hot button issue in regards to free speech, where a lot of its opponents say that IRA is um, a detriment to free speech and therefore shouldn't be passed because it will stifle free and fair conversation on campus. Um, and someone that I work with, Micah Gritz, our chief operating officer, he has the best response to that. So I always like to credit him with it before I give it. Um, Ira, we can look at Ira as a how-to roadmap on criticizing Israel. Here is what you can do to criticize Israel in a way that won't be anti-Semitic. Here are all the things that you need to just be aware of when you're going into a conversation in order to make sure that you're not villainizing the Jewish community, you're not those 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 classic three Ds: the double standards, the demonization, and the delegitimization. As long as you're avoiding those three things, it's free reign. Criticize away all you want. The speech is free, but those three things will make your speech into hate speech, and that's 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 the differentiation. That's the token. I see it as a way to actually encourage free speech and not encourage hate speech. So it, 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 it's it's really difficult. It's really, really hard. Um, and again, it's not like a broken record, but I think it all comes back down to the idea that people just don't understand what anti-Semitism is. If they think that criticizing Israel is what we're calling anti-Semitism, that's not the case. It's vilifying, it's demonizing, it's the double standard, it's the um, delegitimization. It's, it's that lie that's so hard to draw. 
Um, and until you understand it, until you listen to the Jewish community, you're never going to understand it. Yeah, and I think everything you said is spot on. And I, I really like that way of looking at the IRA definition, actually. I might also yeah, use I mean, that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think as well, we often see like the same tropes, as we mentioned before, coming back to that point. We see the same tropes that have kind of other does for centuries play out in conversations about Israel today. And I was just wondering kind of with the posts that you do and the things that you share on Instagram, how much do you engage with non-Jewish students in that space? Yeah, that's been a, a huge thing. I mean, I think at the beginning, we sort of were like a rallying call for the Jewish community. Like everyone was totally like kind of the, the term that our team likes to use is day school famous. Like people who went to Jewish day school were talking about our work and we're very excited about it. Now it's a little bit different. Now we're working not just within our community, but speaking to allies too. And that's something that I think, frankly, the American Jewish community can always do better with mm-hmm. um, and, and should be. And we are looking to to continue growing um, our outreach to the non-Jewish community, but it's grown tremendously. And I think that some of that is because people are starting to understand that anti-Semitism is, is breaching a fever pitch. Um, it is getting to a point now that it's impossible to ignore. Um, it was easier to look the other way a couple of years ago, but you can't anymore when the one of the most famous men in the world is is yelling about going death con three on the Jewish community online. You you can't ignore that anymore. There was a today, um, the FBI um in the United States um released warnings for for um synagogues in New Jersey for a credible threat to, to their safety. And the FBI in New York State also echoed that same warning um out of an abundance of caution for synagogues in the tri-state area. That's home to most Jews in the United States. It's home to a huge proportion of the global Jewish community. Um, We can't ignore that anymore. Um, It's impossible to go on social media and not hear something anti-Semitic anymore. And so now non-Jews starting to realize that that question of what would you have done? Would you have helped your Jewish friends back in the day? We're not at that point right now, but they're starting to realize yeah. that they are faced with that same question of like, we're at a time of anti-Semitism that's rising so rapidly. I need to do something or I will be a bystander in history. Yeah, I think that that last point you made is really important that it's you can't ignore it right now. Something that Jewish on Campus does as well, I've seen online, is you also take all the data that you get and you put that into reports and you use that data to speak to university administration, organizations, and to just highlight the scale of what you're grappling with. Could you speak a bit more about why data is important, something you guys do? Yeah, we also are actually working with one of the top research institutions in the US to put together a study. It's really exciting. We also look through our data and we put together reports of what what is submitted to us. Um, So people can understand when students are submitting incidences, what do those incidences look like? Anti-Semitism is so broad in its manifestation and different schools experience different kinds. Schools in the South, for example, might have more experiences with right-wing anti-Semitism, neo-Nazism, different things like that because of the political climate in the South, whereas schools in more Northern regions, bigger cities tend to experience more progressive anti-Semitism. And understanding that is important because you need to understand the landscape that you're contending with in order to combat that. and to have 
an authentic view of that gives the university the ability to know what it is they're combating in the first place. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. And I know at the Executive Council of Australian Jury, every year we release an anti-Semitism report and there's it can be hundreds of pages, but it kind of shows not just government bodies and university administrations and institutions, this is what we're dealing with, but it's a really great educational resource for other people who may not understand, as we spoke about earlier, the scale of anti-Semitism today, to have this sort of quantitative data to be like, this is what anti-Semitism is right now in the United States, in Australia, in wherever you are in the world. And I guess as we're coming to the end of this chat, um, you've already, as we spoke about, you've really given young people in the United States and brought up a seat at the table in the community. You've amplified their voices. You've shared their stories. I want to hear from you, like, what's next for Jewish on Campus? Where do you want to go? What What do you want to achieve? Um, really excited to watch it, but what's next? Well, today we were invited to the White House um, to meet with senior White House officials on the Biden-Harris administration's policies on anti-Semitism and how they can work with us to, um, to do some good work for the Jewish community. So that... It's really exciting. <laughs> we <That's> talk about, awesome. <laughs> yeah, we talk about Jewish students having a seat at the table. Um, 10 years ago, a student group never would have been invited. Two years ago, a student group would never be, I, I, one year ago, a student group would never be invited to a meeting like that. That would, that would not happen for the Jewish community. The fact that we're at the point now where we can work with the most powerful institution in our country, that they want to listen to our voices, that that is something that I think back to the, the, the movement for Soviet Jewry that was really organized by Jewish students. Nothing, we, we've never had that sort of opportunity. We've never had that sort of ability to have a seat at the table like that. Like that is that is life-changing for so many Jewish students in our country. And I think, I hope, we'll create a sense of We'll, we'll, we'll make Jewish students feel like they're heard and, and feel like they can, again, own those stories, talk about anti-Semitism, be empowered. Um, it signals to the young, to young Jews in America that their stories matter, their voices matter, their experiences matter, and our work can have real-world impact. So that's the hope. That's, that, that's, the, that's the, the obvious next step. Um, and where we, where we are a year from now, I, I will say this, we started as an, an Instagram page uh, and now we're a nonprofit that's going to be meeting with the White House. So clearly the future is quite unpredictable, Something's but I working. can imagine <laughs> something is working and we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> awesome. But I just wanted to thank you for giving you so much. your time today and coming to chat with me and sharing your experience and for all the work you do in amplifying the voices of Jewish students. It's something that's really important so and I can't wait to where you guys go next thank you so 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 much Alyssa thank you for having me it was an honor to be here and I'm super excited to see all of the incredible work that you guys are doing thank you so much for listening to the Jewish world make sure to subscribe and follow the executive council of Australian jury on Facebook Twitter Instagram or TikTok to stay up to date